We have a friend here, uh, Derek Adame, who's leaving to go to Thailand for one month to serve over there. Yep, just saved up a bunch of money and bought his own plane ticket and got more money to just go and blow on other people. Just to go and live and administer to and give himself to other people. Wow. Uh, amazing. I wonder why he's doing it. What are you doing that for? What are you wasting your time for? You could use that money for lots of things. The economy is hard. Why are you wasting money on people in Thailand? Um, because God has changed his life. That's why. And God has done a work in him, and so he desires to show that same love that God has shown him to others. And that is what we're called to do as Christians, is to love God and love people. Now, there aren't many that love the way God loves. God loves... Um, in an unconditional manner. It's like this. Uh, a bully comes up and punches a boy in the face every day for a week straight and takes his lunch money. And then after a month of doing this, the boy, instead of, all of a sudden the bully doesn't punch the kid in the face that day, and the boy walks up and says, hey, I want to give you five bucks. Now who does that? Where have you ever seen anyone love like that? Um, when someone hurts you, you don't bless them. Uh, but Jesus says you bless those who curse you. And we, a people who, hey, say we love God and follow him faithfully, but do not, God still continues to love and forgive over and over. What God will take you back a hundred times over? You walk away from him. What person will do that? Maybe your mother? I don't know if anyone else in the world will. But when you do wrong to people, they don't necessarily want to do good and give up their life for you. Or if you don't know someone, why would you do anything for them? Well, that's what our friend Derek is doing. He doesn't know anyone in Thailand other than one lady. And he's going over there and he's going to serve and minister and bless and just love in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, family, listen. You don't have to always have to do things for God so that you can get brownie points in a little badge, okay? You don't always have to do things to make yourself look good in the Christian church. You can just do things simply because God has done a great work in your life. That's who you are. The Bible says what? Love one another as I have loved you. Jesus says, you got to love one another as I have loved you. And then he says, you must love one another. By this, this is how all men will know you are my disciples, is if you love one another, if you show love to people. And I'm telling you, this kind of love is universal, you know? It's like you don't have to say much. You just do something for someone. Like what if you walked up to a boy with no shoes and just took your shoes off and just said, here you go. He looks at you, stares at you saying, what are you doing? Can't You can't communicate. You don't speak the same language, but he's blown away because of the love that you've shown. Because no one shows love like that. No one gives up of themselves. How many would go to a place to eat and, hey, you only have five bucks in your pocket and you've gone to eat because you're hungry, but instead of buying for yourself, you just give, not a little bit, you not you buy something for someone else so you can buy too, but you give all of your money so that you can't eat for that day and they get to eat and you don't. Wow. That kind of love only God shows. That kind of love is only portrayed through Christ, Jesus Christ. There is none like him. He has laid down, he is the great king who has come from heaven and all eternity and all of his majesty and all of his glory, come down as a servant, a carpenter, allowed his own people to destroy him and kill him and nail him to a cross. And then what? He says, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he forgives the people.
and he gives them heaven for free. It doesn't make sense to me. But that's a God who loves, and that's who God is. God is love, the Bible tells us. I want to say to you guys, tonight we have an opportunity to pray for our brother who's going to Thailand to show that kind of love. And so I just I just really want to pray a blessing upon him, you know. I just really want to see him go in, in power and and uh, and just in, in excitement. I've tried to encourage him as best I could and as best I can in, in, in the time earlier. But um, we actually came together, did a big barbecue for him, and we raised all kinds of money for him and all this stuff. So praise God for that too. We're just really looking forward to the great things God's going to do. Can we pray for him? Is that all right? Um. Let's go before God. Um, God, do you hear us? We just want to come and make a simple request. Just for our friend Derek, who's going to Thailand. We would ask that you'd bless him. And that you would give him love like he has never seen in his own life. That he would give him of himself so much, people would look at him and say, what is he doing? But he would not even notice it because he is just doing simply what you did. We would ask that he would show the love that you have shown to us. And that many would be blessed and encouraged. Many lives would be changed. Their hearts opened up and blown away. By the great love you have to show this world. There's no greater love than this than a man lay down his life for his friend. For God so loved the world he gave his only son. You have given of your son to us, and we now want to give to others. And so please, empower our brother. Please have your hand upon him. Give him every place that he puts his feet. Keep him safe. So many things will rise up against him to stop him from doing good. We would ask that he would be able to preach your gospel, proclaim your truth, and many be changed forever. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I would encourage every single one of you here in this room, if you've never been out of the country to serve or to bless somebody, and you have never been out of little old Riverside, California, in this little bubble that we call life, um, you're missing out, man, bottom line. Uh, Because this is not the way the rest of the world lives, believe it or not. Nope, (laughs) not even close. Many, Probably 90% of the world have never even seen a marble countertop. They don't even know what that means. Granite countertop? No. Um, No. That's for kings. That's where rich people live. Not me. They don't look at all the cars out there. No, they ride bikes and they walk lots of miles. Walk? We don't do that. You can't walk. No, they actually do, believe it or not. And, um, yeah, they don't, sometimes they don't even know where food will come from that day. Many of the world. Um, Many parts are hurting very badly. We just so happen to be blessed and born into this. And there are many people suffering. And uh, I hope that you would take your wealth and what God has given you. You're rich. You're very rich. Rich. You're very wealthy. You would take it and that you would spread it around the world and bless people. You would give of yourself. Um, if you haven't done that, I'm telling you, you're missing out. I lived in the Middle East for three months. I got to live in Mexico. Um, which I've been to Australia twice and New Zealand twice. I've been to England and... Um, lots of different places, and God has just been a blessing, you know, just taking me there. And it's just amazing the things that you see. You think twice about uh, spending 200 bucks on jeans, you know, you really do, when you know that that could pay for uh, someone's food for over a month. Um, it's an amazing thing. So I would encourage you to broaden your horizon. 
by getting outside of this country and sharing the love and the life that God has given you. Amen? Gosh, and go live a little bit, you know? Southern California isn't it. I mean, got nice beaches and cool stuff, but I'm telling you, there's some pretty awesome stuff out there. So um, I'm, I'm, I praise God that Derek's going for a month. And I just challenge, you know how much a month is in, in 70 years? One month? A little bit. Oh, it's so small. Month is so long. I can't go away for a month. Oh, it's so small. A little bit. I'm telling you, you go, your life will be changed forever. Ever and ever. You will never see life the same. And so I would encourage you, if you want to go, like Josh, but money. Nope. I don't, I don't want to hear any of it. No excuses. If you want to go, you'll go. I met friends traveling with just what they had on their backs. So They're just going for it. So I can't do that. Why not? Why not? What do my parents think? Well, save up the money. Ask your relatives. Give you 50 bucks each and go. Um, I don't know what it takes. It doesn't take much, but you can go if you want to. It's up to you. And Father, I ask that you would just strike the people here, God, and, and burden them, Lord, with hearts that would get outside of America and go and do something in this world. Aside from selfish things that we chased after all of our lives, all about me, all about what I need, and getting my vision, my goal, my direction, my money, my family, all of me. Help them to get outside of their comfort zone and to experience this world, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we get to look at more practical things tonight in the book of Proverbs. I love this book. I love it. You want to know why? Because I'm a young guy, and uh, I don't know much, okay? Um, and I need a few lessons in life, to be honest. How could you possibly know how to live life unless you've lived it? Does anyone know how to live life unless you've lived it? Um, an old man will look at you and tell you in the face some things that he's made mistakes in and some things that he's done very well in, and you can take from him, can't you? He's like, you want to become a millionaire? I've been a millionaire three times. Okay, so now he can what? Tell you how to be a millionaire, can't he? Because he did it. And you can listen to him, and you can take from his wisdom and his counsel. Or you can say, eh, I know how to be a millionaire. I'm going to figure it out on my own. Okay, you are an idiot. Because you are not taking the practical wisdom that is right in front of your face. You choose to be stubborn and say that I'm going to do it my own way and figure it out, and you lose. You fumble the ball. You walk all over the place, wandering, trying to figure out how this life works, and you can't figure it out. It's, it's just amazing. You know, with a child... Um, let's all think back to when we were even 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. You start getting those days. Just, just remember when, when your mom or your dad's like trying to tell you how to do something and you just think you know. You just think you know. No, I know how to do it. Okay, have you ever built a house before? No, but I know how. Oh, okay, you're smart. You're very smart. Your parents say, don't do this and you should do that and don't do this and you should do that. And you say, what's all these rules and regulations? I'm sick of this. What you don't know is your parents are looking after you and looking out for you and trying to help you. But you think what? They're trying to snatch away your fun and tear down your life and run your life for you and all the above. What I've learned very quickly as I tried out life, uh, just for the small time that I've lived, I've tried it out just a little bit, just tasted a little bit, and I figured out that I'm not as smart as I think I am. And hey, everyone says it, the older you get, the less you know. Like that's because they're senile, Josh. They lose their mind. You know, no, no, that's not why. It's because they start figuring out. They start getting wisdom, and they recognize they don't know everything. They don't know everything. It is absolutely amazing 
how young people think they know so much. But let me ask you this question. How can you possibly know when, you know when you've only lived 20 years? Don't you think that a man who's lived three times as long as you would know three times as much as you? Well, not, it's not knowledge. Wait a minute. I'm not talking about knowledge. I'm talking about wisdom. How to do things and what not to do in life. How many of you want to make lots of mistakes in life? Screw up your life. Come on. Get those hands up. Get them up. Come on. Oh, interesting. Nobody wants to screw up in life. So how about we talk to guys who have screwed up a lot and listen to what they have to say so that you don't screw up. Is that genius or what? I know. It's crazy. No, I'm not going to listen to my parents. They screwed up. No, they don't know. Wait a minute. It's amazing when I hang out with young kids. My dad's son right now. My dad, uh, he just he married another woman not too long. No, it's been about six or seven years. My mother passed away when I was eight. And uh, he didn't remarry until just about seven years ago. But he's raising another family now. And this young one, his name is Bear. He's like 13 years old. His name is Bear, yeah. It's an Indian. He's, he's Indian. And uh, good old Bear, or Elijah, I should call him. But I call him Bear. Bear just thinks he knows everything. When he's around my dad and his mom, uh, he just thinks he knows, man. He just runs that house. He throws tantrum all the When I come around, it's time to go surfing. Oh, he straightens up. And I can speak whatever I want into his life. It's amazing. I'll lecture him for like an hour, riding down to go surfing. We're just talking. I'm like, Bear, this, 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 man. You got to listen. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Just totally listening to me, receiving everything I have to say. It's amazing. That you, and me too, we listen to everybody but our parents, the people who love us the most, or should love us the most, I should say. And the reason why I lay such a foundation as this tonight is because we are about to jump into the Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 27, and there are a lot of very practical things that are going to be shared tonight. Things to do and things not to do. And hey, I say to you, it's up to you whether or not you listen. It's up to you whether or not you even apply it to your life. Um... If you want wisdom, you can have it tonight. If you don't, then just plug your ears. Or you can leave if you'd like. That's fine. Um, but I'm going to start just, I'm just going to go through it. I'm actually going to read through the New Living because when I was reading through the King James Version last week, it just took so long for me to explain the words. And the New Living has just broken it down so easily. We're only going to be in Proverbs 1. This is the last week, I believe. 7, 12, yep, 14, yep, that's it. That's it. We're out of the book this week. So I thought we would, so I can spend more time on explaining what it's saying um, instead of trying to explain each word because we're trying to break it down. Um, I thought I'd read through the New Living with you. So this might be a little different and some of you will be right on, but um, let's go ahead and look at Proverbs chapter 27, starting in verse 1. Are you there? Verse 1 says, don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. Very simple. Very practical. What does that mean? Hey, you see it all the time. People do this all the time. Are you ready? They talk about all the great things that are about to happen to them. Man, I'm going to do this, and man, I'm going to do this, and this is going to happen, this and that. And why do they do that? To make themselves look good. It's amazing how when you get around people, they always, and it's okay. I mean, it's okay to share these things, but don't talk bigger than what can happen. I've learned very quickly within my own life, I say big things to so many people like it's going to happen, and then it doesn't happen. They come and ask me, so whatever happened to that thing? And I'm like, oh, you know, it kind of didn't work out. It just fell through. Yeah, I'm going to start this business, and this is going to happen. Oh, really? 
Yeah, man, I'm gonna be making like like five grand a month. It's just gonna be over the top. You don't, you have no clue. You, man, it's gonna be crazy. You just wait. Just one. You just wait one month. Watch this. You just wait. And then a month goes by. What, hey, man, what happened to that five uh, G's? Well, you know, it kind of fell through. <laughs> Didn't work out. And then you feel dumb. You talk bigger. You talk big about tomorrow when you don't even know what's going to come. The wisdom tells you to do this. Don't talk. <laughs> just keep it to yourself. Instead of boasting about all the great things that are about to happen in your life, how about not say anything? Let great things happen in your life and let people see. How about if I just said nothing and then I did build the business and, hey, I was making five grand in two months? Then everybody would say, wow, that's pretty insane. And they'd be blown away by it. Cocky and prideful people love to boast about the things that they're about to do tomorrow. How about let's just talk about what we're going to do today? Since you don't know what the day will bring tomorrow. And that goes right into verse 2. You there? Don't praise yourself. Let others do it. Don't praise yourself. There are many people, jeez, man, you see it in the workplace all the time. You know, that's why I love my buddy Christian so much. This guy lives in Canada. And uh, I love watching this guy work. I remember just reading an email to you guys even not too long ago where he had moved. Okay, he had left this island, Gabriel Island, where he was at in Canada, left everything that he was doing. He was ministering there on that island and just working on a ship. He was a deckhand. And uh, he moved to Toronto. He just started church. The, he's uh, How old is he? He's 24, I think. And he moved to uh, Toronto to, yes, go start a church. Interesting. By himself. And he would say that's crazy, but he's just going for it. But this thing I love about him, he does not praise himself ever. He never talks about himself. It's it's hard to pry information from him. When I'm talking to him, I'm like, I want to know what's going on, and he'll only share little bits and pieces with me, just little things that are going on, and I have to start asking him all these questions and try to figure out. I mean, I, I love the way he, I love his approach. It's just who he is. But he doesn't talk big to get himself known. And maybe you'll see this in your workplace. There are many people who will talk big about themselves, and I did this, and make sure that they let the boss know that I mopped the floor three times. The boss mopped it three times, and Josh didn't. Three times, Josh didn't. Three times, guess how many times I mopped it? Three. You know, it's like they just really want to make themselves known and make sure they're praised. And the boss looks at him and says, yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting that you do that. But when I'm gone, you don't mop the floor three times, do you? Yeah, you don't. And my buddy Christian, just amazing. He said there was a couple workers fighting and all this. He'd only been working at the coffee shop for like a month, this one that he just got hired on. He'd been praying for a job. And like in, in, in a month or a little bit more than that, the manager trusts him so much that he has given him the keys of the whole place. And he took the position of both the people that were working there because he trusted Christian more than he would trust the others because they would bicker and gripe all the time and all this. Christian's the most humble man who would just sit there. He will work very hard, doesn't say much. Just does what he's supposed to do. Does all the jobs that nobody does. And he gets promoted very quickly. He doesn't praise himself. He lets God praise him. And you don't need to praise yourself if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. If you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you need to talk a lot about what yourself and all the things that you are doing so that people will see that you're doing something, huh? It's really practical wisdom. It's easy. So what's the word for us? Don't talk. Just do. Get busy. Work hard. 
You as a Christian should be the hardest working person in your job. Because you do not work for your boss, you work for God. And you need to be faithful to Him before you are to your boss. And if you're faithful to God, you will be double faithful to your boss. Because when no one's looking, you're not going to steal. When no one's looking, you're not going to not work. Because guess what? God is looking, huh? Be faithful. Don't praise yourself. Let others do it. Look at verse 3. A stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but the resentment caused by a fool is heavier than both. How heavy is a stone? It depends how big. And sand? Have you ever moved a sandbag? Even a small one like this, man, it's pretty heavy. I've had to stack them before. But it says, guess what is more weighty than both of these? It's resentment caused by a fool. Anger brought in by a fool. Who's a fool? It's the one who does wicked. Resentment and heaviness that comes upon you greater is one that is done by a fool. And maybe it's someone you know or maybe you were the fool doing it. Be careful. The things that you do in life, if you're not careful, will be heavier than a stone upon your back or sand upon your head. It will reap what you have sown. It will come back upon you so heavy you will not even know what to do with it. I have been struck down so many times by my own sowing of seeds. What does that mean? By my own doing of things in life. It's come back upon me and haunted me. And it's a scary thing. You know, there are many people who are just on the run for the rest of their life. They have a sandbag on their back because they've been a fool. They don't do what is right. They know what right is and they don't do it. And many people think what? Hey, I'll get away with it. I'm here to tell you that you won't. You won't. I remember, um, yes, I remember trying to calculate this within my own mind. Just, I don't know what it was, probably five years ago. Because what I've noticed is even though there's a mystical realm with God, there's a spiritual realm. And it's like, we always like to pull that card like, God is watching. And he's going to get you. You better watch out. And, you know, people obviously who fear God are scared. But I started to measure it out just practically within your own life. Let's just throw God out of the picture and just obey the rules of the Bible and see how your life turns out. Practically. You're just always doing good. You're like Flanders on The Simpsons. You're just like a good guy. You know what Flanders is? He's just like this, the nicest guy in the world, even though everybody just beats him up and laughs at him and mocks him and all the rest. It's just that, it's, it's the classic picture of what the TV likes to say a Christian is, okay? Let's just say it's just the nicest guy in the world, okay? Like you could smack him 50 times, he's still gonna give you a cupcake, you know? He's just like, just a nice guy, okay? That person is probably going to... Are people going to be angry with this person? Other, Maybe, because he does good. But the majority of the time, probably about 90, 80, 90% of his time, just because he's good to people, just because he's good to all the people around him, people are going to like him and desire to bless him. I was just measuring this out. But if you're a liar... Look at how it starts off with a small lie. You lie about this, and then it cracks open a little bit more, and then you have to lie about it again because someone found out about it. So you lie a little more, and then you think you've got away with it, and then somehow it comes back. Or one day you get caught, and then you you break a friendship, and people think you're a liar. And then you go and you, you decide to lie again to try to cover up some more, and then all of a sudden three or four people find out that you really are a liar. And then they point the finger at you and say you're a liar. 
And then there's a big argument because you're trying to defend yourself when you're really, truly just what? A liar. That's just with lying. Let's try stealing. Let's try hating people deep within your heart, holding a grudge and not letting go. Just get ticked off inside and just boils up. You can't forgive them. One day you just blow up on somebody and you end up killing somebody. You end up doing something you wish you would have never done because you're so angry inside. People always do the dumbest things when they're angry, don't they? You say things you wish you would have never said. You do things you wish you would never do. Little compromise in your life. This is, this is just practically. It works for everybody on this earth. You do good, you reap good. You do bad, you will reap bad the rest of your life. I guarantee it. And so what I'm saying is resentment caused by a fool is heavier than both of these things. You better be careful. Don't be a fool. Look at verse 4. Anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood. But who can survive the destruction, I'm sorry, the destructiveness of jealousy? Sheesh. Jealousy and envy are just, they're some of the most difficult things to deal with within a person's life because it starts deep within you and no one even knows. It is a sin that you can cover up and push down and not deal with it. You're jealous because someone has gotten something. You're jealous of a person because they've achieved or they've gone, they've moved forward. Envy, you want something that that person has. These things can start deep root. It happens within the church, even with good people all the time, believe it or not. It happens all the time. I felt it rise within my own heart. Sometimes I remember back when, when I had a buddy who I looked upon as just this amazing Christian, I used to see the blessings come upon, come upon, come upon. I'm just like, man, look at the opportunity. It's like, why? I would just feel it dwelling inside of me deep within. Like, why don't I get the opportunity? Envious. The jealousy creeps in. In relationships, jealousy will creep in so quick. And it will ruin everything because you're insecure in a relationship. It's like taking a knife and just getting it ready to just stick through somebody else. And it, see, this is the hard thing about it. Most sins destroy other people because of your actions. This sin destroys you. Jealousy will eat you from the inside out and you will be depressed. You will be miserable because you cannot let go. It haunts you day and night. I remember just dating even in high school, just the, mo- the Im- most immature things I can think of that I would get upset about. And, and all, I mean, just the most ridiculous things. It's just little jealousy inside and cause fights and problems that did not even need to come with other guys, with girlfriend. It's just, it's ridiculous. That's why it is very important that you stay far from it. Who can survive the destructiveness of jealousy? Who? It's a hard one to come past, so be careful, stay far from it. Look at verse 5. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. I want to read the King James on this. Open rebuke is better than secret love. This is huge. 
Open Rebuke. Hidden Love. Let me open with this statement. A true friend will stab you in the front. Uh, What does that mean? A true friend will tell you the truth. They will rebuke you. They will talk to you and be honest with you. You understand, guys? The, the, The smallest illustration that I can think of right off the back is just if you have something in your teeth, a friend is going to say what? Hey, hey, right there. Uh huh. Terrible. Get that out of there. Let me get it for you. Yeah, that's disgusting. Don't ever do that. Unless you're married, okay? Not even if you're married. <laughs> wow. Yeah, if you got something on your face, you got barbecue sauce all over the place. You got my brother used to get ice cream behind his ear. Don't know how he did it. But he could do it every time with a with an ice cream cone. I mean, he'd just be looking. I don't know if he was just like, uh, <laughs> hilarious. But he did. But see, a, a true friend will what? They'll tell you, won't they? They'll be honest with you. But people who hide or, or say this hidden love, this secret love, like, man, I can't tell them because it's going to hurt their feelings. That's not true love. Because this is Why? They will continue to have something on their face and they'll walk away embarrassed and you don't really care about them. Let them be embarrassed for one second with you so they won't have to be embarrassed for the rest of their time walking out of that restaurant. That's love, you know. But let's take it even deeper. What if you see something, let's be honest, we all have friends and we all can look into our friends' lives and see things Really clear. It's just like, man, if I could say one thing to them, I would love to say this, that they would change this and stop doing this. Because you want to know why? Not because I'm really upset about the way they do it to me, but because everyone sees it. Everyone looks at them and everybody thinks this about them. Let's just think of, um, let's think of our brother or sister. Let's think of a brother or sister at home. Something that you can see in their lives clearly, clearly. You can see, you know that you wish they would change that and you know it's even embarrassing them or hurting them or it's going to ruin their life if they don't change that thing. That's just simple things, right? Now let's think about our best friends, people that we know closely. Things that we could really help them out with by rebuking them openly in love. Um, One of the things that me and my buddy Christian did when I came back from Israel after living there in the Middle East, we traveled Jordan and Egypt and Israel. Anyways, we... uh, we typed each other emails telling each other all the things that we think we needed to change. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Live with someone for three months and then let them shoot you an email and tell you everything that you do wrong and try and receive it. The scriptures tells us that a wise man will love rebuke. Love it. It's like me saying to you guys, hey, if there's ever anything on my face, I love when you tell me to get it off. Now, everybody would say, I love that too. Wait a minute. Do you love it when it's something that is so deeply rooted in your life that it's difficult to receive? My best friend, Brian Wynn, told me right after my senior year in a car when we were walking. I played quarterback for my high school and I was vice president of my school and I was just really involved in all that. And he told me straight to my face, he said, you're the most prideful guy I've ever met in my life. My best friend. I was ticked what i'm not prideful all this i just started going off i can't even believe he said that 
just want to like break our friend. Like, I was so upset at him. I mean, he took a brick and just smashed me in the face, you know? And then all of a sudden, God started to speak to me big time that day. Because I recognized in my own response to him, after he had told me I, I was prideful, I was being what? Prideful. I was being prideful in, in the moment that I was being told I'm the most prideful person. And in myself, saying that I'm not prideful, I was being prideful. Pride blinds you. You cannot even see when you're doing wrong. That's a scary thing about pride. You actually think you're right. And so as I began to read that email and my buddy Christian was telling me all the things that I needed to change in my life and get right, I was saying what? Nope, that's not me. Nope, that's not me. Nope, that's not me. I'm not, that's not even me. That's not even, you're missing it, dude. I know who I am. I know who I am. Don't try to tell me who I am. I know who I am. Now, wait a minute, you just asked to be told who you are and what society views you as and what one of your closest friends sees you as. Now, are you going to be strong enough to receive the rebuke that your best friend might be able to give you? Now, you don't have to slap somebody in the face all right, to tell them the truth. You don't have to do that. You can do it in love. And it is the sweetest things, you know? I'm so happy that Brian told me that. You want to know why? Because now I know that's my biggest thing. I always got to be working on it, man. It sneaks up on me all the time. I was just being prideful the other day on the tennis court. It's being so prideful and arrogant. You, don't let me play sports with you, man. I'll lose. I'll blow my witness, all right? You're like, this guy ain't even a Christian, man. Get him off the court. <laughs> but I recognize the danger zone for me. And it says here clearly that an open rebuke is better than hidden love, okay? It is so much better. And as hard as it may be to tell a friend, I'm telling you it is the best thing you could ever do for them. Write them a letter. Write them an email. Write it out like 20 times to make sure that you know what you want to say and how you want to say it. Sleep on it for a couple nights. I have a friend right now that I need to go and basically just love on him like he's never been loved on. I have to say some things to him that I've never said to him in my entire life. And it is going to be the most awkward, weird conversation I've ever had in my life. But who's going to tell him? No one loves him enough to tell him. I have got to tell him. Or he will walk around with something on his face for years. Everyone will see it and no one will say anything. Isn't that sad? And it will happen to you unless you love rebuke. Unless you love to receive it day and night. And that is the most difficult thing, I think, in a Christian walk. Is to love to be instructed, rebuked, challenged, changed. Love it. Look at this. Verse 6 just wraps this whole concept up. Wounds from a friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Wounds from a friend are better than kisses from any enemy. When I think of kisses from an enemy, I think of Ju Judas kissing Jesus on the mouth. Kissing him there. That's the saddest thing. How many of your enemies, how many people in the uh, party, how many people at your work will kiss up and kiss, 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 kiss? But it doesn't mean anything, you know? To be honest, it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
it's just so funny when people, I mean, even in the world still on this day, I just see like, like I, I was watching these two kids at the gym yesterday and these guys are like playing each other. It's like you can tell they're both really trying to be really cool for one another. Like they're just like acting out and like talking tough and being all this, you know, they want to be macho and cool for one another. And I'm thinking to myself like, man, if you guys would just both let down your cards, everything would be so much cooler and you'd actually have a real friendship. It'd be solid. Not all this surface talk in the gym about how tough we are and that girl over there and all this stuff. It's like, what about the real things in life? Like that your mom is about to lose her job and you need some help and you'd, it'd be nice if someone was there to help out. That, hey, uh, dad gets ticked off at me every time I walk in the door and I don't really know what to do. Could you give me some counsel on that? Like, how do you do it? You know? I mean, who cares about surface stuff anymore in this world? It's lame. It's a waste of time. But if your friend tells you something and it wounds you, it is better than, hey, guess what? An enemy kissing you any day. It hurts a little bit because you're embarrassed, but it's a powerful thing that can happen. Let's move on. Honey seems tasteless to a person who is full, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. Oh, gosh. I could preach a full sermon on this scripture alone. This is like one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Let me read it again. Honey seems tasteless to a person who is full, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. Did you hear that? Let me explain. A person who is full and satisfied in their life like, like, let's just walk up to somebody. Say say, you walk up to somebody who's just ate a feast, like a five-course meal, okay? They're just eating so much food. They're sitting there just like, ugh, that was so bomb. They're at Buca de Beppo's, you know, and those big plates come. Oh, if you haven't eaten there, you got to, come on, come on, Buca, Buca. Okay, Buca de Beppo. Buca de Beppo, you got to go there and just get the lasagna, manicotti. I mean, it's just, okay, anyways. they just eating like, you know, four plates, okay? Just like, Phew. and then you bring like this amazing, brilliant, splendid, brownie, fantastic, amazing, you know, fireworks going off everywhere. This thing is just the most awesome piece of work you've ever seen. They lay it down at your feet or down at your stomach there and you look at it and you're so full. You, it's not even good to you anymore. Never go shopping. Oh, no, no. Always go shopping when you're full, right? See your mom tells you. Go shopping when you're full, because if you go when you're hungry, you're going to buy all that worthless stuff that you don't really need. But if you haven't eaten at Buka and you're sitting there and you're starving all day and somebody brings this, the, the brownie, brownie extravaganza, you know, down at your feet, you're just going to, what? You're going to, you're so excited to mow this thing down, you can't even wait to get your hands on it. I mean, you're just, stu- you're not even using a spoon, you're just stuffing it down because you're so excited about it. The picture is very true with life. Let me explain. A person who is full and content in life, a person who is full to the brim and satisfied in life with love because people love them and they have tasted of the love of God, they are satisfied and they don't need any other love in the world. It doesn't matter. Nope, don't need any love. I don't need love from anyone other than God because He has given me such great amounts of love that I am completely satisfied, buca de beppo, to the core. But think about a person who has no love in their home. A person who has never had a father or mother even tell them that they love them. A person who has been abused. and They will do what? They will look for love anywhere. Anywhere. And even the most ridiculous love 
maybe a boyfriend cheating on you 20 times and you still think he loves you. That love tastes so sweet to you. Because why? You have never tasted of any other love. And it works in all kinds of concepts in the world. People will go chasing and tasting of things because they are not satisfied with any of it. And the answer is true. When you are satisfied to the core, even the sweetest, most tasting brownie extravaganza will be like nothing to you. And this is what I'm telling you, family, is this, that I have tasted of the greatest love that is on this earth. It is the love that only God gives, and it comes through Jesus Christ. And now that I have tasted this love, everything else is just like sprinkles on my brownies. It's just like whipped cream. When I go surfing, man, it is 20 times better than the other surfer out there. Because you want to know why? The surfer that's out there is surfing so that he can have that brownie. So he can have something to eat, something that tastes good. But guess what? I'm full. I don't need anything else to eat. And now if I just want to have one bite of this brownie, I'm satisfied. Everything is so much more enjoyable and so much better in life because you are satisfied. There's only one thing that satisfies, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. A relationship with God, the love that God has given, there is no other satisfaction, I guarantee it. Search high and low, and if you can find that love or that satisfaction, let me know, and I'll be there to taste of it and see. Beer does not taste as good as God. No grill tastes as good as my king. No experience, jumped off cliffs, traveled the world, I get to drive a nice car. It means nothing to me. It comes nothing even close to what God has given me. And if you have not tasted of that, you have not tasted of God. And you're missing out on the greatest thing this earth has to offer, this world has to offer. Don't go running around tasting all these different foods. Just run to Buka, man. Go to Buka to Beppo and get stuffed, man. Run to God. Give it up already. You think you're going to satisfy your life with what? Money, power, success, another job? What's, what's it going to do for you? What are you going to do after that? And what are you going to do after that? How much money is enough? Mr. Rockefeller said just one more dollar. Yep, it's sad. A person who strays from home, verse 8, is like a bird that strays from its nest. It's very self-explanatory. You run from home, you're making a mistake. I tried to when I was 16. Big mistake. Why run from the only people that love you? And if home isn't at home for you, then run to the place that is home every time. For many, it's the church. It's the temple. That's where my family is. You know, none of my family lives here in this city. Everyone lives in Vegas, and I have a couple who live in San Diego. But you are my family. This is where I'm loved. This is where I'm blessed. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is sweet as perfume and incense. Did you hear that? Heartfelt counsel. Two things to apply. Number one, you who are counseling needs to be heartfelt. And number two, you who are receiving, recognize that it's sweet as perfume. Like, I don't like the things they're saying. They're trying to help you. It's like when a parent tries to tell a kid something. He doesn't realize he's trying to help them. Father is trying to help out the child, and the child is just rebelling. It's like, dude, he's trying to help. Recognize that heartfelt counsel from a friend is sweet as perfume and incense. Never abandon a friend, either yours or your father's. 
Then in your time of need, you won't have to ask your relatives for assistance. It is better to go to the neighbor than to a relative who lives far away. Don't abandon. It's the worst thing you could ever do. Don't give a family member the birdie because of their lifestyle. Don't do that. Love them. I have the great opportunity of loving my family and my new family who my brother is married into who drink like fish, have more beer in the house than soda <laughs> and uh, or water. And uh, man, they just, they're a rich family and I just bless them. That's what I do. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to disown them because they're not holy like me. <laughs> You're right. Uh, I'm just going to love them. And I'm going to win them over for Christ by showing love to them when I should be throwing stones at them. Many think I should be throwing stones at them. Verse 11, my child, how happy I will be if you turn out to be wise. Then I will be able to answer my critics. He's speaking to us. A prudent person foresees the danger ahead and takes precautions. The simpleton, that's the stupid person, goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Yep. A smart person will weigh out. A wise man will weigh it out. This is what I have figured out. Are you ready? Wise. Wisdom. There's an illusion going on here. MTV shows me that partying, drinking, hooking up with chicks, dancing like a crazy and doing all that is fun. Okay, let me think here. I think, wait, I used to do that and it wasn't fun and it messed up my life and screwed up a lot of things. Okay, wait a minute. Let me think about this. Friend says, let's go party. Let's go drink. Okay, apply, apply wisdom, apply wisdom. Last time I went and did that, I jacked up my life. Okay, applying wisdom, not going to do that this time. I mean, it's the most easy thing you could ever think. Last time I went to that bar, I ended up getting in a fight. Last time I hooked up with that person, I ended up, okay, simpleton, okay? Stupid person, idiotic moron will do what? will say, I know that is wrong and I'm going to go and do it anyways and destroy my life. And I say to you, I'm speechless. Because you know it's wrong, you know it will mess you up, but you choose to do it anyways. What can I say? I'm not insulting. I'm stating the facts. It's clear. It's simple. You touch fire, it will burn you. Burn. Fire equals hot. Hot equals burn. Burn equals hurt. Okay? simple. You just apply it to your life. It's up to you. Let's move on. Be sure to get collateral from anyone who guarantees the debt of a stranger. Get a deposit if someone guarantees the debt of an adulterous woman. I don't know if I even should go into this. Be sure to get collateral. Okay? Just get a deposit. If someone insures you something, says, hey, I'm going to pay you. Get a deposit from them. Well, pay me 20 bucks right now. I can't. Then we don't have a deal. It's wisdom. It's just, it's real practical things. If someone does not invest something of theirs into whatever they have to pay you, they will never pay you. They will never invest. They will take what you're giving them. And guess what? Just run with it. Um, let's move on here. Verse 14. If you shout at a pleasant, a pleasant greeting to your neighbor too early in the morning, it will be counted as a curse. <laughs> That's hilarious. Gosh, that's just funny, isn't it? Isn't that common sense? But some people do that. Like who? Me and my brothers. 
We used to, at like 6 o'clock in the morning, walk across the street to my buddy Kyle Polson's house, who I still see at the gym, which is really cool. We would walk over at 6 in the morning and knock on his door as loud as we could and ask him to come out and play. It's hilarious. Solomon says, If you shout a pleasant greeting to your neighbor too early in the morning, it will be counted a curse. Don't do that. And you know what that is. It's like when you call your friend in the middle of the night and they're like trying to sleep. You say, oh, oh, please don't. You're just like, hey, wh- huh, what? Help, man, I need some help. Quiet, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> you know, you just hang up on him. I don't know. It's common sense. I don't even know what we're talking about that. Um, this is hilarious, but it's true, and it's sad. Verse 15. <laughs> Wisdom, ladies, a nagging wife is, an, is as annoying as a constant dripping on a rainy day. You're like, jeez, why is it so crude? <laughs> I know, it really is. And the Message Bible, I remember actually teaching through this passage, says a nagging wife is like a dripping faucet. It needs to be turned off. Uh, the Bible is very blunt, okay? It tells you the truth. But, okay, let, let's just talk about this practically, all right? We don't want, I'm not here to bash women or even go there, okay? But let's just talk about this. In the home, um, guys obviously don't, they, they, they tend to clam up, you know, and not talk much about what's going on. You see it all over the place. And women are more prone to obviously talk and, and, and talk about the things that are going on in the day. And sometimes it can be a little overbearing. And this is not, again, partial because, hey, we can get to the man and start rebuking the pants off of him for all the things, the laziness and all kinds of crazy things that are in the homes today. Sitting there with a remote in his hand, popcorn on his belly. Just watching away, not hanging out with the kids, not talking to the wife, not doing anything. It's like, come on. But the one thing that definitely antagonizes and is a fear, and I think that really can push a man over the edge in the house is maybe he's had a hard day at work, a long day at work, trying to work very hard to bring money home, and maybe he's had a bad day. His boss just has come down so hard. He's hoping to come home to his wife that just smells amazing and just love would come and kiss her and Hey, just, how's it going? And maybe the house isn't like that where you're at. But I hope that would be the, gosh, the most picture perfect or something that we could shoot towards. But comes home not to something like that from a hard day's work, but comes home to just nagging and getting on and did you do this and this and this and this and then just going off. And the guy is just like basically ready to pull his hair out and freak out and just wants to run and hide. And that's why it says it is It is literally, if, if you see in the cartoons, it's like a dripping faucet at night. It's like, boop. <laughs> Somebody turn that off. Stop. You try to, you know, you try to turn off the faucet. It just doesn't happen. And you even try to talk with the wife and try to reason out. And it's just not happening. Just overbearing, 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 overbearing. And there's balance there. A husband should be a good listener. If he's not, that's 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 a sad day. All right. That's a requirement. But at the same time, there needs to be a balance on both sides, helping out one another. Amen. Can we can we agree to that? You know, Let's just, there should be help on both sides. And if the man is just Hey, a lazy guy who sits at home and doesn't do much, then hey, I'll come to rebuke him for you, all right? I'll just open up the scriptures and they say, who are you? Uh, my name's Josh Thompson. I'm just here to read the scriptures, okay? <laughs> here you go. <laughs> Receive it. Very practical, very practical. And it even says here, it goes on to explain in verse 16, trying to stop her complaints is like trying to stop the wind or hold something with greased hands. Interesting. Let's move on to verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. Um, I would encourage you guys, 
to be hanging out with people who think like you want to think and act like you want to act. What I mean? Because as you hang out with one another, you will sharpen one another to become better people. Now, if you hang out with a loser, you're going to be a loser. Hang out with a millionaire, you're going to be a millionaire, right? You hang out with winners, you'll be a winner. Um, you surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you, who are going to help you in your life, and they will sharpen you. They will make you sharper. Um, I love hanging out with brothers all the time, my guys. There's a group of guys that I'm always hanging out with, and we are sharpening one another. This is why. There is counsel. There is, listen, wisdom in the counsel of many. Like, like, look at this. What if I just hung out by myself all the time? I never talked to anybody, never did anything, never bounced anything off anybody, no opinions, no anything. I just kept to myself all the time. Think about it. You'll become a little mad scientist sitting there in your dungeon in your house, you know, just like thinking about all the things you think about. You never bounce anything off anybody. And you think you're right about all the things that you think about because you don't talk to anybody about anything else. So you cannot become a sharper person. And so what I'm suggesting is, is that you should what? You should constantly be hanging out and be around people. It's called fellowship. Uh-huh. Fellowship. It's hanging out with believers. And this is what will happen. You will be bouncing opinions off other people and they will challenge what you're saying and what will happen. You will recognize you're wrong at certain points and you will become a sharper person. You cannot become sharp unless you bounce opinions off other people. If you hide in a basement, you'll become a mad scientist. And you will not be very sharp, that's for sure. Verse 18. Jeez, I'm trying to blow through. I'm sorry, guys. Okay, let's move through. Come on. Work with me here. Verse 18. Workers who tend a fig tree are allowed to eat its fruit. In the same way, workers who protect their employer's interest will be rewarded. Mm. Think about it. Those who have a tree in their backyard and protect it, you can eat of the fruit. When the birds come, you scare them off and you get to what? Eat fruit. And the same way, he says, those employers, if you own a business or you ever do one day, here is your secret. The more you protect your people and the more you take care of your employees, the harder they will work for you. The harder they will work for you. And I've seen this, I mean... I'm trying to think of a company that I've seen it really well displayed in. I just remember my buddy Steve. Listen to this guy. My buddy Steve Forrest worked uh, as a computer programmer, and the boss took care of them so well. He just did this simple thing every week. He gave the employees total. He gave them like 500 bucks a week. There's like maybe 25 employees to go and buy from the grocery store whatever they want to stock the refrigerator full so they could eat whatever they want while they're working. And that's what he did. And it made every employee extremely happy to work there and be there. He wasn't, had, didn't have the thumb on them, just blessed them all the time. And they worked harder and they produced, they were a $2 million company. Like they were a million dollars over every company in the nation because of the work they did. It's simple things like that. If you take care of your worker, they will take care of you. Right? Very simple. Next. As a face is reflected in water, so the heart's reflected reflects the person. Wow. So the heart reflects the person. And it's true. Can I be frank with you guys? I have been all night, have I not? Hey, if you think you can hide your heart from people, you can. People will see right through you. 
It's so interesting how everybody thinks they can fool people. You can fool people for maybe about one day. And they look right into your life and they see exactly who you are. Especially with people who fear God. I believe that God even gives the discernment and the ability. I tell people all the time, anybody who does business with me, I just tell them straight up, I follow God, you're not going to rip me off. I'll see through it. And um, I pull God into all my business deals. I pull God into everything that I do. But I've noticed I, all the time, I come, in, I come in contact with hundreds, if not thousands of people, you know, throughout the years. And people just talking to me and saying things to me. And I just, it's just amazing how you can just see right through them. They're saying all this with their mouth, but I'm looking right into their heart, right past everything that's coming out of their mouth, and I can see exactly what's happening. It's like I've heard this. I know who you are. You're that person that I talked to about 832 people ago. I remember you. I know you. Your heart speaks louder than you think. You get your heart right, and your whole life will change, and people will see it. Just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. Jeez. Only if the millionaires in the world knew this one. Only if the success chasers knew this one, huh? The human desire is never, never, never satisfied. And who can say that? Solomon, the guy who tried everything, huh? Had the fattest house. Had a thousand women at his disposal. He had more money than anyone to ever walk the earth. He had more wisdom than anyone. And he says, none of this satisfies. Know that nothing in the world was satisfied. Only God satisfies, and he is not of this world. Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested by being praised. Interesting. You ever want to know where a person's at? Just compliment them a bunch. See how they receive it. You walk up and say, man, you are the man. I know. I know. I've been the man for a long time. People have been telling me that for long, the years. Or, you know what? You're the man. No, I'm really not. No, you really are. No, not me. I'm just, you know, kind of thankful for the little things that I've been able to do and help out with. You can see very clearly. You can test the person to see where they're at very quickly when giving them praise. Be careful how you receive praise. As much as it becomes redundant and uh, very mundane, people tell me all the time, Josh, thanks for speaking. And I just say, no, praise God, man. And I say it over and over to myself, but God forbid the day that I start saying, yeah, thanks, man. I, I, I do a great job. I know I do. Thanks, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm the man. It's, God forbid, you know. Snatch this mic away from me. Cut me down in a second. Try to receive God's glory. You're in big trouble. Big trouble. You want to see where a person's at? You want to see where you're at? Watch how you receive praise. Look at verse 22. You cannot separate fools from their foolishness, even though you grind them like grain with mortar and pestle. It's true. You are what you eat. You are what you take in. You are to the core. If you're a fool, you're a fool. You're going to do foolishness, right? If you're righteous, you're going to do right, and people are going to see it. You are what you eat. You are what your eyes take in and what your ears hear. Know that. Know that, family. Please, quickly. The things that you watch on television, that is what your mind is. No, I'm not. Nope, nope. I, I block out all that stuff. Okay, whatever. 
You are taking that in. Your ears are taking all of that in. How come I could start rapping some song from like a little while ago and everyone would know the lyrics very clearly? Because it is in you. It is in you. It's hilarious. Some of these funny preachers who go and preach to like these high schools and these kids, they'll start singing a song. And then uh, all the kids in the whole crowd will start like singing it with him. Or he'll stop singing and they start finishing the rest. And then he goes on to list all the rest of the lyrics in the song and they're blown away by it like they didn't even know what it was. And a lot of times you don't. You're so jived by the music you don't even know what you're saying. But it is in you. It is in you. And it got in me. I remember the way we used to treat women and the way we used to look upon people. and the way I'm t- I just couldn't believe where I had come. But a fool is foolishness to the core, and what you are is what you eat, and what you see is who you are. Know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds. For your riches don't last forever, and the crown might not be secure for the next generation. He's speaking to kings. But I'm telling you this, this is a great, great, great illustration for all pastors, that you are to know well your sheep and your flocks. You're to know them. Know them. It is important that you know your sheep well. You take care of them. Because riches don't last forever and the crown might not be secure for the next generation. You could lose your authority and you may lose it. You need to know what you're doing and who you're doing it to. It's very important. And the same is true with your family. Listen, your family, make sure that you take care of your family. Many of you will be parents one day. You have much responsibility. Take care of the flock that God has given to you. Come on, three verses. Gird up your mind. Stay with me. After the hay is harvested, the new crops appear, and the mountains' grasses are gathered in. Your sheep will provide wool for clothing. Your goats will be solid, sold, I'm sorry, for the price of a field, and you will have enough goat's milk for you, your family, and your servants. Did you hear that? With economy, with the economy down and things so tight, listen to what God has to say. You will have enough for you, your family, and your servants. It is there. You may think that things are hard and things and, and things aren't just working out the way that you wish they would, but I'm telling you this that God will take care of you. He will never stop taking care of you. To the day that you die, he will never stop taking care of his people. He owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. How much is that? That's a lot of cattle. Reminds me of a joke. Yeah, we'll end with a joke, all right? Trying to take from God, you can't. It's like this. A man was there. You've heard the joke before, many of you. Just bear with me. Come on. For the people who haven't heard it, this is for them, right? They're going to laugh, I think. <laughs> Please, Father. So a man walks up to God, and he's like, God, so you own everything, right? He's like, yeah. So, like, is a million dollars like a penny to you since you own everything? I mean, it's like you own everything. A million dollars like a penny? Yeah, a million dollars like a penny. And a penny is like a million dollars, like it's all the same to you because you own everything? Yeah. Okay, well, is like a second like a million years? Like, yeah, a second is like a million years. Time is nothing to me as well because I'm outside of time. Okay, so since you own everything and a, and a penny is like a million dollars, and since you're outside of time, one second is like a million years, well, uh, hey, God, can uh, can I have a penny? 
Can I have a penny? Thinking a million dollars in his mind. God looks at him and said, yeah, you can have a penny. Just a second. Just a second, right? million years. Because a second is a million years. Okay, come on, guys, those that didn't get it, let him explain it to him on the way out. That's a funny joke, man. That's good stuff, you know. I don't tell jokes often, you know. I don't, I don't. What I'm here to say to you is this. Hey, hey, guys, you don't ever have to worry for the rest of your life. Never. If you worry, you're actually wasting minutes of your life sitting there wondering how it's going to work out. And God's saying to you, what? I already got it worked out. I see a week from now, and I worked it out. Look, bada bing, bada bang. It's done. It's done. What are you doing over here? Stop trying to figure it out. I am your God, and you are my people, and I will take care of you. I pull through for my people. Hey, you, you see the rainbow? I put that thing in the sky thousands of years ago, and every time it rains, it comes out. That rainbow is a promise that I am faithful every single time. And I keep my promises. And when I say it, that a rainbow is going to come out every time it rains, it's going to come out. And if God's kept that promise for thousands of years, then he's kept the same one when he says, I'll provide for you. I will take care of you. You don't have to worry. You don't. I struggle with the same thing all the time. I find my mind wandering, trying to figure out how I'm going to work out each situation. When God is saying to me clearly, Josh, have I always taken care of you? Yes, Lord. Have I ever failed you? No. Then why are you worried that I'm going to fail you this time? Am I going to pull through for you this time? Yes, you are, Lord. Then trust me. Just trust me. And you'll be blown away every single time, okay? I know there's a lot of Red Seas going on in this room. A lot of big Red Seas that need to be parted. But God always parts them. He doesn't know how not to part the Red Sea. He will part it. And you can either raise your hands in the air right now and say, praise your God and say, I can't wait to see how you're going to pull through in this one. I'm going to, I can't wait. I'm going to praise you so much right now because I can't wait to see what's going to happen. And then when it happens, you praise him double because you're blown away because you praised him, you trusted him, and he pulled through. And you're just like, yeah, woo! Father pulled through again. Or you can be bummed out and sit there and wallow and you're worrying, and then when God goes through, pulls through, you just get to look at God and say again, dang it, I knew you were going to pull through. Why didn't I trust you? It's up to you. It's up to you. He's going to pull through. If you want to waste your time worrying, you can waste. If you don't, you can praise. You can either be happy and then double happy, or you can be sad and then be happy. It's up to you. There will be enough milk for you, your family, and your servants. And Father, we thank you for this practical wisdom. Lord, you can't buy this kind of stuff. You can't buy this wisdom. Where? where? Show me a hotline. Show me something, anything that is worth as much as Proverbs chapter 27. Lord, if we would even simply meditate on that proverb, that chapter for the rest of our entire lives, we would be rich, we would be blessed, we would be encouraged to the core day in and day out. There is so much gold in your scriptures, and I thank you for it.
And I just ask, Father, somehow that this group here, would Lord be able to take it in? Man, that they wouldn't just throw this stuff away to the side like some trash they found and just throw it out the window. But that they would take it and they would hide it in their pocket, that golden nugget. And they would keep it close to them for the rest of their lives. Please, Lord, you've spoken to so many, I know, on so many different levels. And I ask that these things would be sealed with your touch. There are many here tonight that need to get right with you, Father. And I pray that, Lord, you would touch their heart even now and they would say, yes, I want my heart changed and turned towards God tonight completely. Focused on Him. Rejecting the lifestyle and the problems and the things that I have put myself into. And moving forward in newness of life. Lord, would you touch these even now? Would they recommit and claim you as Lord, Master, and Savior, King of their lives in this moment? Have your way tonight, Father. Bless the people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I just want to say love you guys. And I hold you in here and I pin you down and I make you listen because I love you. And I want the best for this group and this family. I want you guys to be champions in this life. And it can only happen in a relationship with Christ. And so please continue to chase after and run after the King every day. Some of you, like me, need to run off away by yourself and get away from the busyness of life and just sit there by yourself with God. Let Him minister to you. Let Him speak to you. Open the Word and just soak in and just receive from Him. You'll be changed forever, I guarantee it. Go to hang out with Jesus by yourself. Watch what happens. You'll be blessed. Father, bless them and keep them. May your face shine upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys.